0: And fatherhood is not just a title, it's a profession. And like any other profession, like, you know, you can study lots and lots of and get lots and lots of degrees about parenthood. And I think this is what every parent should do.
1: You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode number 405. And today we're talking about the impact of fathers with Bassem Gerges. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have, and when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark-Fields. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of Mindful Parenting, and I'm the author of the best-selling book, Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. Hey there, so glad you are here at the Mindful Mama podcast. Listen, if you haven't done so, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. And if you get some value from this episode or any of the over 400 episodes of this podcast, please, please just come over to Apple Podcasts. You can do it right in the app where you're listening to this. Super easy. And leave us a rating and review. It just helps the podcast grow more. It takes 30 seconds. I hugely, hugely appreciate it. And in just a moment, I am going to be sitting down with Bessem Gurgis, And he is the founder of The World Needs a Father in Egypt, and he does family counseling and fatherhood mentoring. And Bassem, I am lucky enough to call a friend of mine. He uh, invited me to Egypt, and I went with my daughter, Sora, who's 13, to Egypt to The World Needs a Father event in Cairo in March. And this organization is so giving and so powerful. They are trying to bring uninvolved fathers, get involved in fatherhood, and just talk about the impact that fathers have in their families and help fathers get more involved all around the world. It is in many, many, many countries and is so, so powerful. So we're going to talk about fatherhood, and Bessem offers the idea that fathers have this profound impact on their kids' lives, and then maybe we should have parenting classes be required of fathers, like a, almost a license for fatherhood, right? So, this impact that fathers have, like it's for good and for bad, right? And fatherhood should be treated like a profession that we have to study for. So, we're going to talk about how fathers can have more positive relationships with their children. So, if you are a father or you know a father, this is a really powerful episode for you. I I want you to share it with all the fathers in your life. Join me at the table as I talk to my friend, Bessam. Are you struggling with kids fighting, yelling, and more despite listening to the podcast and reading all the books? Parenting can be so overwhelming and exhausting you know, I see you and I have something that will help. Mindful Parenting SOS. I'm offering free live mindful parenting sessions starting Monday, May 6th. Basically, live mindful parenting lessons that you normally have to pay for. So if you struggle with getting your kids to listen, tantrums, misbehavior, and feeling the guilt of yelling at your kid, then you should definitely get your spot in Mindful Parenting SOS. I'll be there to answer your questions in person, and if you can't make it, we will have replays available. Don't wait to get your spot now. It's free. Go to mindfulmamamentor.com slash SOS to register. That's mindfulmamamentor.com slash SOS. I can't wait to see you there. Well, I'm so happy to have you on the Mindful Mama podcast. Thanks for coming.
0: Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Well, I'm excited to talk to you because for the listener, dear listener, Bassam and I met in Abu Dhabi at Parented the Unconference in November 2022. And you have a really fascinating initiative going on about fatherhood in Egypt. And I'm so excited to like find out, to dig into it because it's really interesting. But I'm just curious, like, what was your experience being a boy Growing up in Egypt, like with your father,
0: um, I think uh, actually I, I had a, a decent childhood. Uh, there were some things that I wish that you know my dad would have done with me uh, during the you know the course of my adulthood and childhood. Uh, but again, I, 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 I you know I I don't feel that we we can always uh, apply or be raised the way that. You know, our parents raised us. So I faced some issues with with my daughter. So as soon I've been married for twenty three years now. I have a daughter who's nineteen and a son who's seventeen. My daughter's now at an, an, an university. But I remember that the minute uh, you know, um, my wife got birth and we got Natalie, I felt a huge, huge, huge responsibility. And I thought, wow. This is the year 2003 now. You know, I was raised in the, the 1970s. Now it's 2003. And I tried to do some stuff like my dad and mom did, but it didn't work.
1: Like what stuff? I'm just curious because I did the same thing. I totally tried to do what my parents did.
0: <laughs> I guess the usual way that we were, you know, punished or disciplined, uh, the way that the incentives, the way they motivate us uh, and all that stuff. and And it just didn't work. And there were some things that I felt, you know, this can be right. And I, you know, I, I remembered some stuff that my parents would do that I didn't like. And I just found myself doing the same thing. So I decided, you know, uh, to actually before I decide that, I had a weird feeling, Hunter, and, and that was every time my daughter gets sick or my son gets sick, I really get very, 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 very worried and scared. Uh, I don't want to lose them. And I felt that, you know, wow, kids, they've been only here for like two, three years, and they mean everything to me. And at that moment, I realized that, you know, if, if they matter that much to me as a father, I think I need to be the best father ever and fatherhood is not just a title, it's a profession. And like any other profession, like you, know, you can study lots and lots of, and get lots and lots of degrees uh, about parenthood. And I think this is what every parent should do. The way an engineer should study, the way the doctor studies, surgeon studies. I mean, everyone, in order to be professional in what he's doing, he needs to study. So I started to read and learn more about what would be my, my, my role as a father, And I discovered that, you know, in every stage uh, of of growth, uh, my kids need certain things. In some years, they need affirmations, they need acceptance, they need validation, they need someone to talk to them about moral authority, about identity. This is not something that they're going to get from the community or Facebook and social media. This is something that I need to do. And I started... To learn more about fatherhood, and maybe what I'm gonna say now might be a little bit controversial, but I realized that it's gonna be very hard to be the best father to my kids if I wasn't a good husband. So I discovered I need to be a good husband. I need to be the best husband for the moms in order for them to look up to me and to respect me as a father. And during the course of learning more about marriage and and the, the, the the challenges that we face as a couple and two individual human beings, I realized that you know I can't do that without being a real man, and I discovered that I wasn't a real man. My interests were you know were just very childish. I was immature, and uh, you know I was luck- looking at running after fame, uh, after the wealth, after all these materialistic stuff. And But this is has nothing to do with the real meaning of a man uh, who really, ha, you know, living for a purpose and having a, a goal in life and a purpose, knowing his identity, a fulfilled identity, and of course, having a decent job to provide and support his family. So it was like a journey that I needed to really, you know, uh, go through with my wife and myself in order to be the right person person as a husband and the right person as, as a father. So it was a long journey, but what, what, what opened my eyes, what the value of my kids, I, I, you know, all of a sudden I felt like, if I really am so worried when they're sick and I'm so scared to lose them. I'd better spend the days that they're living on earth in, in a decent way, in a proper way.
1: I can relate so much to everything you're saying. Like that feeling of like, this child is so precious to me, is so- Oh, important to me. This is the most important job I've ever had in my life. And I'm messing it up. I remember that feeling very clearly. And I really relate to what you're saying about this idea. Like, you know, sometimes it starts with, oh, I want to make this child have different behaviors. But like you're looking at like how it really turned to this U-turn back on you with the attention back on you as a person that you need to know more you need to study more well, you can't be a good father then without being you know it's like these layers of this onion are being un unpeeled right where then you can't be a good father without being a good husband can't be a good husband without being a real man and it sounds like you're defining a real man as living for a purpose is that is that what you would say like I mean because that could be a, a controversial thing to say what is a real man right like that's a that's a big loaded question so what what
0: is it no, I think I think I think a real human being, I mean, in order to feel that you're 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 a human being, you you are a value, is that you're living for a purpose. You're living for something much bigger than you. You're doing something that whether you're living or dying, it's gonna continue. So we're not just the birth certificate and the death certificate at the end. I believe that, you know, our days here in life, you need to be doing something fulfilling, something that other people would like, like, like Hunter, to be honest, like what you're doing, something that whether you're here or not, other people, coming generation, you're gonna feed them. You have something, a legacy, to leave behind you, and you're not making it to be famous because you you you'll, you'll probably be gone. But it's just you know you did something during the course of your life, something valuable, something meaningful. So so impacting other people, and it starts with impacting your kids. I mean, what does it, I don't think that the wise human being, wise man would be impressed with everyone's um, maybe appreciation if he doesn't get that from his own kids and family. It's, it's worthless. It doesn't mean anything to be, you know, the idol for everyone on earth, but not your kids. Because this simply means that you're a fake person. So the, what, what people, the, the way people see you is is just this is how you want to be perceived, but the real you is when you're at home. So a real human being has a purpose. I mean, it's not just a man, but a man. I mean, there are lots of other things. You know, you know your role. You stand. You stand for your values during challenging times. You accept discomfort to gain, uh, you know, future success in life. So you're going to be disciplined in in disciplining your kids, in waking up early, in doing sports. To keep your health good, so you're doing these small, challenging things in life because you know and you're wise enough that it, you know it, you're gonna gain success at the end. You're gonna gain comfort at the end. Uh, you, you're living for a purpose again. You have you know the direction that where you're living because you know I always I always love this statement. It's not mine. It's it's for Andy Stanley. He always say you know direction determines destination. So if you're a man, you need to know the direction that you're living in, the the direction that you're driving your life through is gonna lead to a certain destination. And it better be a good destination that you're gonna like at the end. So if you decided to leave your family now, it's better be, I mean, you better be doing it for a good cause and a purpose because it's gonna lead to a certain destination. Is it you're doing it for your comfort? You're doing it because it's too much challenging? It's, it, you're doing it because you don't love your wife anymore and you know your emotions are guiding how you act how you feel do you know how much your family is going to be broken if you leave the house you know how much your kids need you you know that you're gonna miss a lot if 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 you you know grow up and you didn't find that your kids they don't even want to have a relationship with you did, did you count I mean did, did you do the math so so I'm not I'm not against or for divorce I'm not talking about that now this is not my issue my issue is sometimes we just do stupid decisions uh, because we're, we're guided by our emotions. And this is, this is not right. I mean, God created emotions to serve us, but not to guide us, not to lead us, not to be the master. You cannot have your emotions as your master. So once you feel like I don't love my spouse anymore, then this means that you're not meant to be together. I mean, you need to be wiser than that. You need to get hold of your emotions and your actions Because it affects other people, other kids, other generation, and your family.
1: Stay tuned for more Mindful Mama podcasts right after this break. I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains So I'm kind of I'm hearing you talk about like greater self-awareness, right, with fathers is that you're you're calling for is like an awareness of how do your actions affect your children? What are you modeling? What are the goals that you're communicating? What are you communicating as far as their development? What are you communicating as far as, you know, relations between partners or spouses and awareness of how your actions are affecting Everybody, I, I love this. I love all this. But I want to like kind of go back to this this idea of like when you were there with your your kids and you were like this is a profession, like I need to study. What were you doing at the time and where did you start? What did you start to learn? Where was the beginning?
0: <laughs> I met Cassie Karstens. Cassie Carsons is the founder of the World Needs a Father. He's from South Africa. Now, Twanaf or the World Needs a Father is in more than 100 nations. And I met him, and uh, he was he was you know um, a mentor for leaders. He was you know giving training for leaders how to be good leaders. But in 2002, he passed through an incident. I don't have the time to talk about it, but he switched his vision from training leaders to training fathers because he discovered that fatherlessness is is what most communities uh, face. I mean, all countries. First Nation, Third Nation talks about the challenges, greatest challenges that they face. And they discovered, I mean, this is a study by Harvard University. They discovered that it's not about poverty, it's not about education, it's not about the rate of crimes. But the real challenge that most communities face is fatherlessness. So Twanaf is the word needs a father, or the way I got my training. We believe that, you know, we we want to train men to be good men, real men, and good fathers. Our vision is that every child would grow up through a mature, selfless, available, accountable, devoted, and educated father. He knows what he's doing in order not to harm other, you know, generation, coming generations. And we actually have a vision and and, and a dream, actually, and this is something that I discussed when I was, I talked about when, when I was in Abu Dhabi, is that by the year 2030, I would love that the government would study a new rule, uh, a new uh, governing, um, what they call, I mean, whatever whatever it is, but they cannot issue a, a birth certificate. You cannot apply for a birth certificate stamped by the government for your child unless you prove to them that you got some education. And this makes full sense, like a license. Are you a licensed mother? Are you a licensed father? It's exactly like buying your own Rolls Royce and you say to the government, now, I want to tell you, this is my car and, you know, I paid this amount of money and it's my right to drive it. No, you cannot drive it because there are governing rules and you need to have a license. Why? It's my car. Because first, you can harm yourself. And the other thing is you can harm other people. So when you think about it, I can have as many kids as I want but they cannot be counted as an individual in the government, in the country. Unless I prove to the country that I am an educated father, I will know, or I know, I studied how to treat and how to deal with my baby. So that when he grows, so I, so literally I say to the government, I know how to drive his life as much as I can, and he's not gonna harm himself, and hopefully he's not gonna harm other people. Your kids who are bullied at school, they're bullied from another kids. You think the other kids are victims or, you know, the, the, the bullies are victims. Victims of what? Of so many things that most probably, so many things that's happening at home. So I, you're going to raise your kids well, but they're going to face other kids who are not raised well. And the parents should know that they are responsible. I am responsible about my kids' action. God give us angels. God send us angels. Our kids are angels. But if we mistreated them, if we don't know how to deal with them, they're gonna they're gonna turn into you know satanic <laughs> creatures. Uh, de- not, not don't know how to deal with one another, can't handle their emotions, uh, very frustrated, has anger issues, uh, and you know we are responsible. So we have this dream, and I think it makes sense. I mean, you can because especially in the third world world countries, they just get kids, but. One incident that happened, and this is what really triggered me, uh, eleven years ago in 2012, and we had some bombing going on in Egypt. And this child who was 17 years old, he bombed in, in one big church uh, in our country. And then, uh, when they asked the mother, of course, he blew himself as well. So when 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 and he died. So they asked the mother, "How was your son doing? I mean, what did he do the the day?" Uh, he went and did this crying. And she said, no, no, I, I don't know anything about him since two years. Okay, what about the father? Where is his father? No, 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 he's, he left us five years ago. He doesn't spend any money and the kid, I would send the kid out to just beg. So this kid left his house when he was 12. And it ended up after five years that he blew up a church and several kids and families lost their beloved ones. Why? Is it because of the child? I don't believe so. I believe it's it's because the parents. The, you you should keep an eye on your child, otherwise he's going to ruin his life, and not only his life but other innocent people. So I think it's legitimate to just you know have like one of the documents in order to get your birth certificate for your child. Is that you're an educated mother?
1: I mean, to me, it like makes a lot of sense. You take birth class, you know, but you don't have any parenting class, right? Like, in, initially, it makes a lot of sense, but then. You know, I'm having the thought also of like, yes, like we need this. Like we all need some basic training. Like, yes, we need like a every you know, we take driver's ed, you know, all of, I'm so on board with all this. But then when I think about the idea of like licensing in the government and things like that, my my thought then goes to, well, what about like the sort of the supports and things like that? Like so, you know, it, it almost like puts all this responsibility on the two individual parents, whereas there's a community who's taking care of those parents, right? You know, we need, like, at least in the United States, right? We have no universal health care. We have no child care. We have, you know, subsidies. We don't have none of those supports. Like, parents in the U.S. are, like, completely, completely unsupported by the government in so many ways. Like, so much less support than any, any other, you know, industrialized country. And so the idea of saying, oh, it's your, you know what I mean? Like, you parents, you have to be responsible. Yes, but and... There's, we also have to be taking care of each other. It, it like, it has to be part of a uh, something where we're all taking care of each other as uh you know, societally.
0: I agree. I'm not talking about the legal actions. It's just that, and not a license. I'm just exaggerating the license. But I mean, in order for me to give you a birth certificate, just show me that you got like tips. Like, you know, when you leave the hospital, the doctor will tell you how you, to shower your child, how to shower the baby. How to de- so you get some you know introductory <laughs> classes about you know how to deal with your baby and stuff like that. So this is what I'm talking about. Just very very common sense about let's say the needs for the child psychologically in the first five years. This is what he needs from you. Okay, so just basic stuff that you can take in four or five classes. But during the four or five classes, the success is going to be in. Igniting the passion within the within the fathers and mothers to get to learn more. You know what I mean, Hunter? So please, guys, if you're gonna run after just providing financial matters to your child, trust me, this is not gonna guarantee his success in life, and this is gonna not gonna guarantee his happiness or his well-being. Let me tell you how you can save him from future you know anomalies. Please be a good father. You need to be a good father. Children listen to what they see, not what they hear. So let me tell you: please learn about one, two, three, and four, five, six. It's going to be very important. You as a father are going to be, feel very happy. You're going to enjoy your child, and your child is going to have a, a, a successful uh, childhood, and which is going to help him in life, in his course of life, and also it's going to make you feel good about yourself. And we ignite the passion within the fathers. Please, moms need you at home. They need your support. The kids, they need male affirmation. There are certain things that moms cannot do alone. We need to help them. So this is what you need to know. Once you ignite this passion within them, maybe afterwards they're going to take courses, masters. You know, there is one guy who was, I'll tell you the story, Hunter. This guy was living in Dubai. He left his wife for seven years and he got divorced and he has four kids. He came back, he went to a camp with his father and child camp. And he started to bond back with his child, who was at that time, 15 years old. So for seven years, they didn't have any communication. And then he came, you know, just to pay his dues. Okay, I'm gonna take you to this camp and play and stuff like that. But there is nothing between them. And then in the last camp, day of the camp, which was just three days, he was crying like a baby to his son, asking him his forgiveness. And he told him, I'm not gonna go back to Dubai. I'm gonna stay here because I know how much you need me and I'm gonna find a job here and please accept my apology. This guy, this guy left his job and he started studying family counseling and now he's a certified family counselor. His whole mindset was changed because within him, this passion about families and and fatherhood revived back. This was like, I always call it like a resurrection. This guy was dead and now he found his life back among his kids and his family. So, and this is something that I think everyone needs it.
1: Well, you're talking about this like shift in values, right? Like there's this value that we've been taught, right? That men should be, you know, men should be pursuing success and the individual, you know, individualism and all of these things. And what you're you're pointing people to is this shift in, you know, interconnection, right? And pointing people to like how interconnected we are and how your actions affect your children and your family and all those things. So let's get to the basics. What is so important about the role of father? And what do fathers provide that is different from what mothers provide?
0: You know, there are some studies. Uh, I I don't think it's yet certified or uh, approved, but it what well, it says that mothers have greater impact on kids from zero to seven or six. At the age of six, seven till puberty, I mean, 11, 12, 13. The, the male figure, you know, uh, jumps in. So they get more influenced by the male figure, whether it was the father, an uncle, a brother, and, you know, it, and maybe someone at school. So, you know, my friend who's nine years old, I look up to him and this guy, he gives me the affirmation. And we can see this in our culture a lot. So the kids at the age of seven, eight, they don't want their mothers to join them in their, practice, but they tend more, I want my father. Of course when fathers go and they look on the phones and they get coffee and they, they just they don't even watch their kids, they say, no, no, I want mom back. But actually if the father started to focus on his kids while playing sports, for example, they're gonna have build up more passion towards what they're doing at this age, especially seven, eight, nine, ten. If your kid has some manner issues, the father can solve it much easier than the mother when the kids are above seven or eight. These are all studies. So the, the four main pillars that the children needs a male figure in. Why I'm saying male figure? Because I know some fathers you know, passed away, some fathers, you know, they, they're just not there, uh, they, they, they're divorced. For example, here, the government would give you only three hours a week if you were divorced. You cannot see your kids more than three hours a week. So even if a father wants to see his kids, the government this rules this out i mean this is till the age of 16 it, it says that you know the mother she has all the right with the kids father i mean if she's a bad mom she would only allow him to see them only for 3 hours a week and this is something that we would like to change in the country as well so the, the identity the father plays a great role in in pointing out the, and finding giving the identity uh, conferring the identity to his kids, what their values, what they're supposed to do, uh, knowing knowing how to make decisions, asking the W questions, which is the wisdom questions, what, why, where, and all that stuff. And they wanna listen to the dad. So the, their identity develops through a male figure, through a father more than the mother. The second thing is the moral authority. So if you were calm and nice and have a low tone and stuff like that, but the father is mean, very aggressive and he has a loud voice and stuff like that, by the age of seven, eight, you'll find the kids turning into you know, what my dad is doing and vice versa. So if the father has more discipline and better discipline than the mothers and he spend with them enough time, again, this is comes to time as well, He needs to spend with them some time and the kids watch him a lot. He's going to have a positive impact on them more than the mother.
1: Wait, so are you suggesting the father should have an aggressive tone and be things like that with their kids?
0: Of course not. No, no, this is not what I'm saying. I'm saying if the mom has a low voice and she's kind and, 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 but the father is not like that at the age of seven or eight. They're gonna be affected by the father, and they're gonna have a high tone, and they're gonna be aggressive, and they're gonna copy, imitate their fathers.
1: Okay, all right. So I wanted to clarify that. That's good. I wanted to clarify that because well, Bassam, what you're saying is that when we want kids to be able to communicate skillfully, we want kids to be able to communicate skillfully and effectively with their peers and all the people that are in their life, and that means you know being able to communicate calmly and etc. And so, so you're you're saying that. We want to encourage fathers to kind of do the opposite of that aggressive, traditional, like threatening thing. It's kind of what I'm hearing. Right.
0: So what, what, what I'm saying is, I mean, if, if the mother has good traits and the father has bad traits and they're exposed to him a lot at the age of seven, eight, they're going to inherit these bad traits. You know what I mean? So this is what I'm saying. However, if it's vice versa and me as a father. Are spending more time than the mother at the age of seven, eight, they're gonna take the good habits from me, even if the mother is is having bad habits. They 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 look up to the male affirmation, especially in the age of eight to twelve and thirteen. Again, it depends on the exposure, how much time you spend with them, and all that stuff. So if you're really a bad father and you know you're loud and and but the kids are not exposed to you, they're probably not gonna get this habit. You know what I mean? But if I see both habits. I'm going to be more influenced towards what my father is doing at the age of 8, 9, 10. I want to do what my father is doing. And this goes mostly to to, to boys more than girls. But again, girls are the same, are affected. The third thing is the emotional uh, security, feeling unconditional love. At the age of 8, 9, I know the girls would go to the moms. Moms, they love them a lot. But if they didn't get this amount of emotions and love and feel safe and secure in 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 their father's presence, they are gonna go and beg and seek, you know, lustful love from their community, from their friends, because they don't feel this at home. So if the home is not warm enough, kids tend to be, you know, outgoing and they don't wanna stay home. You know, I always say it like that. So the mom is like the thermometer and the father is like the thermostat. So the mother would know the level of intimacy, emotion, oh, kids today are really, you know, they're so down. I don't know what. So the father comes in and he kicks in. Guys, kids, let's play. I want to. So he's going to elevate, you know, he's going to increase the temperature at home and vice versa. So kids are banging, nagging. Blah, blah. So the fa- the mom tells, you know, kids are crazy today. The father's come in and he manages to cool down, you know, with his attitude, his, the, the, the whole house. So the mother is like the thermometer at home and the father acts like the thermostat. Of course, all what I'm saying to you, Hunter, is, is is proportional. I mean, this is not like the rule of thumb.
1: No, no, but what you're saying is really interesting there. And I want to stop you for a second there because I teach mindful parenting. I have a lot of moms who take mindful parenting. I have a lot of dads too. Shout out to my dads out there. But a lot of times there's a dad who maybe isn't so interested. And the mom wants to kind of get them interested. And what you're pointing out here, which is so interesting to me, is that the dads have a lot of power in the energy and the temperature they're bringing into the situation when they don't recognize that them them getting triggered by the situation and getting upset and getting louder and getting scarier when they don't recognize that that adds more chaos and difficulty and fears to the situation you know it creates problems right but when they can recognize oh i have this power just by my energy my demeanor my emotions by me regulating my emotions and coming in with an attitude of calm and you know and just acceptance and all those things that i can you know as a dad i could really have a lot of power to calm that situation and i think that's really important stay tuned for more mindful mama podcasts right after this break
2: Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly wherever you listen to podcasts. Starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly because sometimes life
0: sucks. So the father and mother are both on the same wavelength, and they know how to talk to one another. Why I said the mothers are, are the thermometer is intimacy. When it comes to intimacy emotions, moms are you know much smarter than, than men. They know how the daughter would feel, how the kids are feeling. You know, she, so she can translate this emotional thing to the dad who can then act upon the messages that his wife, is, the mother is giving to him. You know what I mean? So they complement one another because we as men, sometimes we just, you know, we, we don't know how you're feeling. You know, we don't, we, we are not really friends with our feelings in most times. Women, mothers, no, they know the kids. They, you can know, you can know how your child is 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 feeling. Just watching him walking, we don't, we don't know. <laughs> but you as a mom, no, you can really know. I oh, know my, there is something wrong with my son. How did you know that? Just the way he's walking. Wow, not even looking at his face, you can, you know, define whether he's happy or he's not happy. We we don't have that, but but you can. Sway this message to the dad, and then his with his energy, you know, plus yours, of course. You add a lot, a lot, a lot towards the whole family and the kids. So it's very, very important. So emotional security also comes from the way the fathers and mothers are dealing with one another. You know, the the kids feel very insecure, especially from the age two to eight, when there are lots of conflicts at home, and they see it, and and vice versa. If you if they see. Fathers and mothers, you know, they're hugging one another. There is love, there is intimacy, there is understanding. They feel so safe and they feel like emotionally very, very secure. Once there is troubles, this is as if there is an earthquake happening within them. And sometimes they don't identify it, but they feel it. And sometimes we just feel that our kids are young, small, they, they're young, uh, they don't understand what you're doing. No, guess what? They really know everything that you're doing starting at the age of two. They understand your facial reaction. They understand your body language. They understand every word that you're saying. And they know whether you are loving the person in front of you or you hate him. They're going to get it. And if they feel this conflict, they're going to feel very, very, very insecure. So this is the third thing, emotional insecurity.
1: I agree on that. I mean, you know, our kids have this incredible BS meter. They know if we're, you know, they know what's happening. They feel it. You know, it's like those... You know, it's like something, it's so interesting because it's like something that we all have as human beings. We all sense that as human beings when we're little. And that's something that's taken away from boys. That's like pounded out of boys, right? It's, it's, it makes me sad.
0: Yeah. So, and the last pillar is the moral authority. So we said conferring the identity for their kids uh, provides emotional security by loving them unconditionally. Uh, so, sorry, we said also the moral, no, we didn't say the moral authority, right? So the moral authority is the father teach their, their kids how to deal with n- when no one is there. So how to listen to their inner voice in order to make good decisions. You know, don't be so happy when your kids or your child act in a nice, well-mannered way when you're around. The issue is, the most important thing is how he deals when you're not around. This is the key. Does he listen to the inner voice, to his moral authority? And this is what, you know, decides for him what he should do or what not to do? Is he afraid if if someone is watching him, he's gonna be scared and he's not gonna do what he wants to do? Or it doesn't matter whether someone is there or not there, he's gonna listen to the inner voice that tells him, this is right and this is wrong. And this is something that the father would really teach his kids. During the course of the relationship between, this is not something that you say, this is something that you live as a father. He watches you when someone crosses, you know, your, the, the, the line, when someone is just, you know, uh, driving like crazy and he was, you know, or when someone take your parking spot, when someone yells at you, when you're in a challenging time, would you lie? Is it okay that we lie when, you know, just to get through the challenge that we're in right now? All these things, they just watch. And if they're not watching the fathers and mothers and just watching TV, they will gain their moral authority from what, whatever they're watching. And this is something that I don't think that you want them to to teach or to get. You don't want them to get the moral authority from you know TV shows and, and movies.
1: Yeah, I love what you're saying. Don't be so happy when he's good when you're around. That's such a great message because what you're pointing to is that is your child intrinsically motivated because of the way that they have been raised to care and act morally around the people around them? Or... Are they only motivated by the the carrot or the stick, right? The only slowdown where you're speeding when the police officer's around, right? Like you're not intrinsically motivated, but you're pointing to that. And that is so huge. I mean, and that really comes from, I mean all of this is woven in together, but re- that really comes from that connection that you're saying that is at the heart, heart of all of this father-child relationship. So fathers are incredibly important. We have these incredible impacts on. You know, kids' moral compass, their ability to sort of get around the world, their identity, all these things. What are some of the few things that a father can do to have a more positive relationship than with their kids?
0: Again, as I told you in the beginning, Hunter, it depends on the age of the child, but uh, we need to study. And sometimes I have some issues, for example, with some articles, books that we read, and it talks to you about positive parenting this is how you need to treat your child when he does something wrong because i i think that you need to first study your child because raising an introvert is not like ra- raising an extrovert uh, raising the your first child is not raising is not like raising your middle child you need to understand his psychology you need to know what kind of challenging challenges that he's living right now that he's facing at the moment in order to come up with you know the right way to treat him uh, and provide him with exactly or her with what she really needs what he really needs at this current time so understanding connecting with your child every day knowing exactly what he's passing through following up every day being available being devoted, not devoted like, you know, you're gonna stay home twenty-four-seven. But when you go back home, show him, tell him, You're the most important thing in life. Now here at home, you're number one. I'm not gonna receive any calls, I'm not gonna watch TV, I'm not gonna do anything until I know how was your day, how are you doing? And then the kid would see, Yeah, I have I have my back, my backbone coming. You know, one of the important things also that fathers would do with their kids, this is the fourth pillar, is affirming the potential. You know, understanding your child and what is his potential. You know, in Egypt here, if you don't play soccer, your your friends at school would tell you, go play with the girls. You're not a boy. And then he faces identity confusion.
1: And that's a big insult, sadly.
0: Yeah, and, and in the U.S., same thing. I mean, if you don't play American football, then, you know, go play with the girls. And some, some stuff, this is very, very hurtful for a guy. So it's the father's role, one of the father's roles, To know what your child is good at in order to build his confidence. Maybe he's a good musician. Maybe he's a good writer. Maybe, I'm I'm sure he's good in doing something, playing tennis, swimming, whatever. So he knows like, you know, it doesn't matter. It's not like how good you play soccer that's going to determine how good you are. This is not it. It's how well you do what you like to do and you're good at. So you don't have to play soccer to prove Something to your friends. To me, you're a boy. You're a young man. I mean, you're whatever. But they're not going to choose your identity. No, don't allow this. But he needs to know his potential. If you don't watch him and you're the, you're the adult here, if you see your child, you know, he doesn't like swimming and this, don't just put him in, in swimming classes. Yeah, put him in swimming classes because you don't want him to, you want him to sw- to go into the pool. I mean, if you want him to be like, he really this is this will become his main sport make sure that he loves it he likes it otherwise you're going to burn him out and at the age of 14 15 he's going to quit sports that's it he's not going to play any any sports and he's going to become you know just eating 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 and that's it you want to 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 ignite within him the passion for playing sports telling him why do we play sports why is it good at and of course he needs to see you playing sports if you're doing do sports He's not going to do it. He's not going to believe that sports is good for your health or, you know, doing any kind of activities. So you need to know what your child is good at and affirm this potential and invest in it. It doesn't have to be what you like. It it, it has to be what he likes and what he knows what to do. And you can see, you know, sometimes you, as parents, we just follow the sheep. We follow the crowd. Oh, guys, are you going to sign up for the coming uh, swim classes? Okay. And you... Why? Are you going to uh, go for the martial arts? Uh, why? I, all my friends are signing up for soccer. Uh, do you really like soccer? Or it's just because you know kids play soccer and basketball and, and no, maybe he's good at something else.
1: What you're pointing out to this, this is like a main idea, like mindful parenting is this idea of curiosity, like, and this idea of constant change. Our children are we are, are never our are river we never step into the same one twice right they are constantly changing and growing and they're different all the time so can we remain rather than like we're gonna label them as you're the smart one you're the sporty one you're this that can we be curious who are you today and that's what you're inviting fathers to do is to say let me study my child let me be curious about who are they this is so beautiful oh my goodness this is so awesome um but some there's so much uh, we could talk about this. Um, I love it. But thinking about sort of this piece, right? Like what you're doing and what you're doing with The World Needs a Father in Egypt, like you're a force for massively changing generational patterns, which I think is so cool. So if there was something, if there's one thing you could change about how you were raised and sort of bring into the like into this new generation, if you had to pick just one thing, what would it be?
0: I think it would be affirming my potential. I'm an engineer, I'm a consultant engineer. I love what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing. But when I was young, I was more into acting and playing soccer, you know, like in a professional level. And I think, I mean, if I was my dad, I would, you know, would have invested more in taking me to maybe uh, movie makers, uh, production, uh, learning how to act, acting classes, uh, playing more soccer I uh, you know uh, in a, in, a, in a professional team uh, this is something I, I I would do and and something else is spending more time with with definitely with my father. I remember when you know definitely I mean and quality time I mean I, I I'm a middle child with' three boys and uh, I remember when when we all left home like I got married I got married really young I mean I mean to our culture. 24 years old for a man to get married was, was a bit young. And uh, I left early, and then my older brother, and then my younger brother. And then I saw this kind of loneliness in my dad's eyes. And when he was like 65, he just passed away last year he, he, when he turned 80. But you know, at the age of 65, 66, I remember when I used to tell him, Dad, I'm going to come and watch a game with you. Oh, are you really coming? Okay, I'm gonna wait for you. And then the minute I walk in, he sits next to me. He hugs me. We watch the TV. And the minute I tell him I need to go back home, he's like, "What? No, please, just stay. Just another cup of coffee, another cup of tea. Just stay." And I would see how much he longs to spend some time with me. And you know, I remember once I told him, you know, I wish, I wish we had this time when I had time when I was young. And I know, I mean, all, all my parents, all uh, parents, they would work hard and, you know, they want to get good education for the kids. They want to buy them all these stuff. and and, and But I know, I know how it was. I, I love him. And, uh, you know, he, he did his best. Uh, but I learned a lot. I learned that I, I really want to spend time with my kids when they have time. I don't want to wait until they're very busy and then I get some regret feeling like, wow, where are you now? I mean, I wish I could have spent some more time with you when you your are kid. You know, the f- number one regret, if you read the book, Five Top Regrets of the Dying, the lady wrote the, yeah, this statement about men. The number one regret in in old men, old men that just approaching on their deathbed, the main regret, the top regret is, I wish I spent time with my beloved ones and work much less. And I don't want to have this regret. I don't want to have this regret, so...
1: Oh, that's such a beautiful place to leave this whole conversation. I think this is so powerful. And uh, I, I'm so excited for the impact you're making around the world with The World Needs a Father. I know that there was like there were crowds of people super excited about what you had to say at the conference. And I, that was so beautiful. But um, where can people find out more about what you're doing?
0: It's it's the world needs a father is is a, is a worldwide uh, movement. It's it's on the internet. They can go and on the world needs or twanaf t w n a g e g which is egypt.com. So twanaf eg T-W-N-A-F-E-G.com or the world needs a father. But there are several Facebook pages of the world needs a father. So our page is the world needs a father Egypt, and they're gonna find some statement in Arabic. So in Arabic it's called the Alam yhteg ila Ab. So again they they're going to find Arabic and English on the same Facebook page I can send you a link and they can follow us most most of you know what we present is in Arabic but uh, but again it's all you know uh, all the teachings all the things that we talk about is 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 actually uh, uh, in English and the in, in the main language is English but we're trying to translate for the uh, Egyptian and Arab countries to get to know more about fatherhood where this you know Word is is more of a title than a profession, and we'd like to change it to a profession.
1: I love it. I love what you're doing so much, Bessem. Thank you so much for coming on the Mindful Mama podcast to talk to me, and for all the work that you've done, and for your you know that vision you had of purpose when you were. I'm 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 appreciative of younger Bessem, young father Bessem, who had this clarity and awareness. So thank you so much for coming on to talk to me today.
0: Thank you, Hunter, for inviting me. I mean, it was uh, it was really, really a great pleasure. And I hope to see you soon in Egypt.
1: Yeah. <laughs> hey, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I love Bessem and the World Needs a Father team. In Egypt, those people are so great. When Sora and I went there, they were so welcoming, and they just took care of us from start to finish. I want to give a special shout-out, of course, to Bassem, but also to Merit and Nabil, two other Egyptian fathers that took such great care of Sora and I while we were in Egypt. We were just totally indebted to them. They were really Spoiled us and took us to all these wonderful places and took great care of us in Egypt. So, thank you, thank you, thank you to the Twin F team in Egypt. And listen, if you love this episode, please share it with a friend, share it with some fathers. It's so, so important and valuable. We need to celebrate, and educate, and all the, do all the things for our fathers. Um, I couldn't appreciate my girl's father, Bill, more. It's so, so helpful to have an equal partner in parenting and all the things related to the family in my life. So I hope that you have that too. And maybe this episode can help us help more families get to that place of equal partnership. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you're here. I can't wait to connect with you again next week. I hope this Episode has watered some good seeds um, in your family that will grow and bloom and give fruit for you. And I will be back again next week with another awesome episode. We're going to be talking about good enough digital parenting. So come back next Tuesday and I will be here. So glad to connect with you, wishing you a beautiful week filled with peace and ease and joy and all things wonderful. Thank you so much for listening. Namaste. I'd say definitely do it. It's really helpful. It will change your relationship with your kids for the better. It will help you communicate better. And just, I'd say communicate better as a person, as a wife, as a spouse. It's been really a positive influence in our lives. So definitely do it. I'd say definitely do it. It's so
0: worth it. The money really is inconsequential when you get so much benefit from being a better parent to your children and feeling like you're connecting more with
1: them and not feeling like you're yelling all the time or you're like, why isn't things working? I would say definitely do it. It's so, so worth it. It'll change you.
2: No matter what age someone's child is, It's a great opportunity for personal growth, and it's a great investment in someone's family. I'm very thankful I have this. You can continue in your old habits that aren't working, or you can learn some new tools and gain some perspective to shift everything in your parenting.
1: Are you frustrated by parenting? Do you listen to the experts and try all the tips and strategies, but you're just not seeing the results that you want? Or are you lost as to where to start? Does it all seem so overwhelming with too much to learn? Are you yearning for a community of people who get it, who also don't want to threaten and punish to create cooperation? Hi, I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and if you answered yes to any of these questions, I want you to seriously consider the Mindful Parenting Membership. You will be joining hundreds of members who have discovered the path of mindful parenting and now have confidence and clarity in their parenting. This isn't just another parenting class. This is an opportunity to really discover your unique, lasting relationship, not only with your children, but with yourself. It will translate into lasting, connected relationships, not only with your children, but your partner too. Let me change your life. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com to add your name to the wait list, so you will be the first to be notified when I open the membership for enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. mindfulparentingcourse.com
2: Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life?